0: It's that time of the year again. The holiday season is just around the corner and anyone who hasn't started their holiday shopping is probably a little bit panicked right now. If you're wondering what to get your friend or your loved one who is a traveler, don't you worry. I've got you covered. This is my holiday gift guide for travelers. Kayla on the Road, the podcast, is all about sharing stories about life on the road and at home as a digital nomad. Through stories, tips, and interviews, I want to inspire you to create your own travel memories by taking the overwhelm out of planning. Join me every week for a beer and a laugh as I recount some of my favorite travel stories, even the not so perfect ones, all while chatting logistics about planning your next or first trip abroad. Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of Kayla on the Road, the podcast. I'm so happy that you could join me today. Chances are, if you're here, you're here for one of two reasons. Either you're probably a regular listener and you're trying to catch up on all the episodes that I currently have out, or you're wondering what you should buy your traveling loved one for the holidays. Although I might be getting ready for Christmas over here, this gift guide applies to any sort of holiday where gift giving is a thing. It could be a birthday, an anniversary, a graduation present, anything like that. I actually hadn't considered doing a holiday gift guide, but when my mom asked me what I wanted for Christmas, I realized that almost every single thing on my list was related to travel. So I figured if you or someone you love is trying to shop for gifts, this is a great place to start and a great place to get ideas on what a traveler may enjoy. So I've decided to split up my list into two different sections. I have gifts for people who want to stay organized while on the road and gifts for people who want to remember the road once they get home. So, let's get started. As some of you may know, we're actually on our way to visit my family in Manitoba, and we actually are in Manitoba at the moment. But... Because of the rules, when it comes to border crossings in Canada, we're actually in quarantine. We're in an Airbnb that we've rented for two weeks. We're getting close to the end. And because of that, I actually don't have any fun drinks with me. I can't get anything delivered to this building. So um, today, instead of drinking a fun craft beer with you all, I went with tea. I've got some chai tea here with my favorite silk almond milk creamer. It's actually vanilla flavored and it is my favorite go-to creamer out there on the market. The reason why I really like it is because it's thicker than a lot of the other creamers that I've tried and it also blends really well. It doesn't get chunky or separate when you put it into hot water, which I absolutely love. So cheers. Join me with one of your favorite drinks. Could be a holiday drink. Could just be a regular drink. uh, Could be a fancy craft beer. If so, let me know what you're drinking. Anyways, uh, let's get to it. So my number one thing on the list this year is shoes, waterproof shoes to be exact. And Andrew and I put a lot of money into buying our Vessi shoes. Vessi is a Canadian company based in Vancouver. They are completely waterproof, vegan. They are machine washable. They're so convenient for people who are on the road, who are traveling in multiple different climates and in places where the weather is changing. I actually don't always believe advertising. I knew that I wanted these shoes because they looked really good and they got really good reviews. And in all of their advertising, they actually dump a cup of water on the shoe and they're like, oh, it's still dry. But I kind of didn't believe that until I went to the ocean and accidentally got splashed by a wave. And guess what? My socks were dry, which blew my mind. I can't believe how waterproof these things are. One of the other great things about them is that their men's and their women's sizes are very, very comparable. So if you have a favorite style and a favorite color, but they don't come in your men's or your women's, Vessi actually tells you on their website what the conversion would be if you wanted to get them in the men's or the women's if they didn't have them in the one that you wanted in the first place. That's actually what I ended up doing. I wanted um, the gray color that I have, but... They weren't available in my size in women's, so they told me the conversion and I bought them in the men's. The only difference that I see between the two and that I've heard from other people is the size of the ankles. So as you wear them more and more, the ankles are going to stretch out. But the women's ankle is a little tighter fit than the men's ankle. So if you have bigger ankles, which I do from rolling them all the time, the men's actually would work out better. The next thing on my list is something that I have been doing a lot of research into and has been on my wish list for years now. I just haven't found one that I really want to commit to yet. Uh, And that's packing cubes. So if you are unfamiliar with the idea of packing cubes, basically they are little mesh containery bag type things that you can put your clothes and toiletries in that you can use to help organize your suitcase so that you are utilizing as much space as possible and packing them into these cubes and your backpack or your suitcase is not feeling overwhelmed and super cluttery when you open it. Like I said, I don't have a favorite brand yet. I'm still searching for mine. And as soon as I find my dream one, I will let you know. But until then, if you are deciding to get packing cubes for one of your loved ones, there are a couple things that you need to take into consideration. Um, You should really look into whether or not they have zippers or snaps that can play a huge role in how well they keep your things together. So if you've got a zipper, chances are your stuff is going to stay tighter than if you have just snaps. The other thing to note is you should really take into consideration how big your loved one's luggage is because you don't want to be getting cubes that are too big for it and that won't fit. So it's almost better to go with a bunch of small ones instead of a couple of big ones and a couple of small ones. So that's always something to look at. And um, that's probably why I haven't bought mine because I keep changing what I'm using for luggage. Kind of going along with that, the next thing on my list is actually luggage. If you're not sure what to get your loved one, luggage is a great idea. Now, when it comes to luggage, there are really two types that I kind of look at. I look at backpacks and I look at the rolly type suitcases. I have some of both, because it really depends on the types of traveling that I'm doing. And so you should really think about this when you're considering what type of luggage you want to buy for your loved ones. What kind of trips are they doing? Are they mainly sticking in cities? Are they carrying their backpacks or bags around? Or are they taking things like cabs and Ubers? Are they going on a cruise? Are they going to a resort? These all kind of influence what type of luggage you're going to want to pack when you go to these locations. Now, if you're looking for luggage with wheels on it, my number one suggestion is to find wheels that turn in the whole 360 degrees. The reason why I really like those bags is because they are way more easy to handle on a variety of surfaces as opposed to the wheels that are stuck in one fixed position going one direction. I don't know how many times I've been running through an airport with my wheelie bag behind me and it's flipped over because my wheels don't turn the way that I want my suitcase to turn. So that is one of the things that I consider every single time I go shopping. Now, if you're considering a backpack for your loved one, it's really important to consider how tall they are. And how much weight they can hold. A lot of backpacks are based on liters. So um, we have a 40 liter and a 45 liter backpack. I use the 40, Andrew uses the 45. But one of the great things about our 45 liter backpack is that it actually has an adjustable torso size. So that means that if I'm carrying the bag... I can actually adjust where the straps are on the back of the bag to make it shorter to fit my torso so that it doesn't feel overwhelming. And when Andrew goes to use it, he can actually expand it so that the straps sit higher on his body because he has a longer torso than I do. A lot of times when you go to search for backpacks, you can find ones designated as male, female, or youth. A lot of the times it has nothing to do with the style of it and basically just has to do with the size and the fit. So I actually ignore any of those kinds of labels and look at the specifics when it comes to the information about the backpack. How long is it? How much weight can you carry in it? And things like that. Those are really important as opposed to, oh, this is a men's bag. Oh, this is a woman's bag. All right. The next thing on my list kind of goes hand in hand with the luggage. I feel like a lot of these things are connected, but the next thing is a rain cover. Now, most backpacks or hiking backpacks come with rain covers already. They're specifically designed to fit over the size of the backpack, fit around the edges, and clip together so that you can make sure that there is no water pooling inside. Although this is a really common feature, not all backpacks have them, and it's a great gift option for someone who doesn't. Not only will this help to protect their valuables inside, but it also means that they can attach things to the outside of the backpack and then still make sure that they're covered with this rain bag. Another reason why I really like our dry bag for our backpack is that we actually use it to keep everything tight and together when we go to check it in as a piece of luggage at the airport. Basically, what we do is we put our backpack in it, tie it up and tighten the straps as much as they can go. This ensures that our straps aren't dangling everywhere, getting caught in conveyor belts, and breaking while they're being tossed around during airport security. If your loved one is someone who has a rolly bag that is made out of an older material, it's not waterproof or things like that, dry bags are also a great idea. They basically just cover everything, and they also make sure that the zippers won't get hit during transit, so things are falling out all over the place. This is something that I've seen pop up a lot more in the last couple of years. It's also a really great way to kind of decorate the outside of your bag without buying an expensive decorated bag. It makes it easier to spot on a conveyor belt when you go to pick it up at the airport. It also means that people are less likely to get into your bag without you knowing because it takes them so much more time to get to those zippers to open up your bag. The next thing on my list is something that I have talked about on multiple podcasts already, but it's a water purification tool. Like I've said before, water is super important while you're on the road, especially if you're visiting places with a really, really humid climate. And sometimes, or a lot of the time, unfortunately, there are countries around the world who do not have the potable water that we do. And therefore, it is really important to be purifying your water or buying bottled water. And if you're like me, and you feel guilty about buying all the bottled water, then the purifying way is the way to go. Whether it's something like LifeStraw or Grail or the tablets or a UV filter, any of these options are great. Just think about the activities that your traveler is going to be participating in before you buy one. If they are a hiker and they're going to be carrying a water bottle anyways, maybe something like Grail is great. They have a built-in water filter, kind of like a coffee press, like a Like a French press would have. If your traveler is someone who is more in urban areas and probably won't be carrying around a water bottle with them, but wants to drink water at a restaurant or things like that and may not be 100% confident in the water quality, something like a life straw is a great idea. It fits in a purse, it fits in a backpack, and it's easy to pull out when you're at a restaurant or just hanging out in a park the next thing on my list is a dry bag this is something that i recently invested in for myself because i wanted to make sure that whenever i was traveling alone i wasn't leaving any of my important valuables on the beach whenever i wanted to go into the water so if you're unfamiliar with a dry bag what it is is a bag with several different ways of closing it so the one that i have has a zipper at the top or a like a plastic zipper like a ziploc bag followed by um, another zipper. So it's a double zipper layer. So if you miss one, you have another and then you roll it down and clip it so that you are lessening the, the chance of water getting into that seam where that zipper is. Basically, I use it now as a purse. I use it as a day bag whenever I'm going out in public. The downside to one of these is that it's a little harder to get your stuff out of. So it's probably not that great if you're actually just going shopping. But if you are sightseeing and you want to see the city while also having all your stuff on you and having it nice and secure, this is a great option. It means that you have less pockets that are available to people who are pickpocketing. And it means that if the weather decides to change on you suddenly, your bag isn't getting destroyed either. Also, like I mentioned, it's great for those beach days when you're traveling alone and you want to go in the water, but don't feel comfortable leaving your phone underneath your beach chair. Pack everything in your bag, head out into the water and swim as you want. I have done this several times and have had no issues with my bag leaking. The next item on my list is super important for anyone who is doing international travel and maybe not always to the same country. If you have done any traveling yourself, you probably know that Electric plugs are not the same everywhere in the world. We have different outlets. And so as a traveler, you need to be prepared for the different outlets. Now, when it comes to adapters, there's a couple different things that you can buy. You can buy just the simple adapters that will sit on the end of your plug-in and then plug into the wall, or you can buy something that is a multi-use. I really love the multi-use ones. One of my favorite multi-use adapters that I've ever seen is actually in the shape of a cube with some buttons on the side. If you slide those buttons up or down, they actually bring out or retract different sets of prongs. So you can use a combination of things if you're in a place where they do that. I don't think that's a thing, but it allows you to have all of the different converters in one place instead of in a bunch of different places. It's also really important to note that a lot of our electronic devices when it comes to phones and tablets and things like that are now USB chargeable so if you can find an adapter with a couple USB slots on it as well I'm sure your traveler would love that. One really important thing to point out when it comes to these adapters and things like that is to check on whether or not they are grounded. So if your traveler is someone who travels with their computer and they do a lot of work on their computer, chances are they're going to need a grounded plug for that thing. Meaning that if the power were to go out or to surge or anything like that, their computer would be safe. Some of these ungrounded plugs could cause power failures and things like that. And if you're working with really secure material and data and things like that, you don't want to take the risk. Definitely take that into consideration when you're going to buy. The next thing on my list is a little bit more showy than anything else on the list. And although it is practical, it is something that comes down to a personal like or dislike. And that is silicone jewelry. So I like wearing my engagement ring, but when I go on the road, I don't like wearing it because, well, one, I lose things too. I'm klutzy. I'm sure I'll break it at some point. And that really scares me, but I still want to show that I am engaged and that I am committed to my partner and things like that. So I've actually, Andrew and I have both bought silicone jewelry. So I have a ring from Enzo. They are one of the many companies out there. This one is nice and shiny and I've actually ended up wearing it way more often than my actual engagement ring because I don't have to take it off when I shower. I don't have to take it off when I go to the gym. It doesn't get damaged and things like that. And it actually feels like nothing. There's no weight to it. I almost forget that it's there. So, this is really more if you still want to wear your rings while you're away, but you don't want to be too showy. It also means that. People aren't seeing this giant rock on your finger and thinking, oh, that person must be an easy target with a lot of money in their wallet since they've got a lot of money on their hand. And I really like the security in knowing that I don't look too flashy with this little rubber guy on. Okay, so the last thing on my list today in the practicality side of things is a passport holder. I actually got one of these for Christmas a couple of years ago from my future sister-in-law, and I use it all the time. It came in a combo. It was a passport holder and a luggage tag. I use the luggage tag. It helps me find my suitcase every single time, so fast and easy. And it's just really cute. It throws a little bit of my personal style into my travel, and I really like that. But it also plays a giant part in protecting my passport. Andrew actually, a couple of years ago, got a rip in his passport. And it was like a week before business travel. He had to spend a ton of money trying to replace it before he flew out in a couple days to go and do his job. This caused a ton of headaches and it really enforced the fact that we need to be using our passport holders more often than not. Although a passport seems like a really simple thing, you're like, oh, it's just a book. It's not very important. There's a lot of data actually in almost every single page of that. And If there is damage to it, it means that you could be at risk, your information could be at risk and things like that. So it's really important to make sure that your pages don't get damaged and your cover and your back don't get damaged as well as your picture and things like that. So a passport holder is really, really useful when it comes to things like that. One thing to keep in mind if you are buying a passport holder for your loved one, make sure that it's really easy for them to slip the passport in and out because when you do get to security, most of the time they will ask you to take it out of the holder. Even if it is in one and they can see your picture, they like to actually be able to hold your passport and feel that it is tangible and flip through and make sure there are no damaged pages. So if you are finding something that's a little too stiff or that it's really hard to get in and out, maybe it's not the greatest design because you may end up damaging it in this thing that's supposed to keep it safe. Now we've made it to travel memories and travel keepsakes. One of the things that I always pack on my trip and that I always buy a new one of every single time I travel is a travel journal and pen. Maybe not the pen so much, but mostly the journal. It's a great low cost thing that you can buy your travel friend that they can put in a bag and think of you every single time that they pull it out to write in it. I like to make sure that when I'm buying a travel journal, it's a soft cover book and it's not too thick so that I can really throw it in any of my luggage. I can put it with my clothes. I can put it with my technology and things like that. It's not taking up a giant space and it's bendy which means it can pretty much go anywhere and not get damaged. If you want to get your travel friend some pens as well, something that I really like to think about when I buy pens is how fast they dry, how fast the ink dries. You never know when you're going to have to throw your journal away and put it back into your bag. And the last thing you want is for all of your beautiful travel memories to be smudged when you take them out again. So quick drying ink, especially for my left-handed friends, is super important. The next thing on my list for travel memories and keepsakes is actually kind of a practical thing as well, but I thought I'd put it in this one because it has to do with taking photos. So one of the things that I love and that I travel with all the time is actually a waterproof phone jacket. So this is very similar to my dry bag. I put my phone inside. It's got like a zipper type thing and another zipper type thing. So it's plenty protected for those days when you still want to take photos, but it might be gross and rainy out Or maybe you're doing something really cool like scaling waterfalls or going to the beach. Things where you want to bring your phone, but it may be exposed to the elements. This is something perfect for those. The next thing on my list is actually another thing that I got for a present one year. And not so much the exact gift, but I got a gift card and then I bought this item with it. And so I tell my brother, he still bought me the best gift ever. This is a portable charger or a portable battery. This kind of fits into the practicality as well, but it's so important that when you're on the road and you're hanging out downtown that you are making sure all of your electronics are charged up so that when a moment comes and you want to take a photo, you can do that. And you're not having to worry about the fact that your phone is going to die any minute now and you need your phone to call Uber at the end of the day. Andrew and I have The portable charger that my brother bought a couple of years ago, that is actually five years old now, and it's actually almost good for three charges still, which is amazing. Three full charges on this one battery. It's actually one of the most used travel accessories, and it's actually a really practical gift for your travel lover out there. Make sure that if you are going to get them a portable charger, you also get them another charge cable for that charger. As a traveler, sometimes it can get really hard to remember where you've put all your stuff. And if you're constantly grabbing your phone charger and taking it with you during the day and bringing it back at night, if you lose it, you're kind of screwed. So I always like to make sure that I have at least two charge cords with me, one that I leave at the hotel or the hostel, and one that I keep on me with my portable battery. One of my favorite items on this list that I have at home and that I've never taken with me on my travels, but reminds me of my travels, is my scratch-off map. There are so many of these nowadays. I actually have two versions. I have one big one on the wall that Andrew and I use for all of our international travel. We scratch off together, we make a night of it, we look at all of our travel photos, and It's a really fun time. It just reminds us of where we have gone and where we have left to go. And I also have a small one that fits in a journal. I can bring it with me on the road if I want. And it has all of the pages separated by continent. So I can scratch off where I'm going in that. That's my solo one. That's where I put all of my travels because sometimes they are a little bit different than Andrew and I. Another really, really great gift for a traveler is something like a custom photo book. If you have a traveler friend who takes a lot of photos, they post them all on Facebook and Instagram and things like that. This is a gift for those people. Chances are, if they're anything like me, they probably think, oh, it's fine. I've got the pictures online. I don't need a a solid copy. But it is a really cute memento. The little bound paper books, that you can actually flip through it makes a great installation for a coffee table or a great thing on a bookshelf and it's so nice to be able to pull it out and actually look at each of the pages and remember what happened because it takes so much more effort to find the album on facebook nowadays than it would to pick up a book and look at it if you are someone who has a lot of different occasions to buy for and your friend has gone on a lot of trips this is a great opportunity to buy them a bunch of different ones so that they have a bunch of matching sets Okay, so we've made it to the end of the list and the last item on my gift guide for this year are cookbooks. Food is a giant part of exploring culture and traveling in general. Chances are your loved one will never be able to recreate the food that they had on the road, but buying them a cookbook may give them the opportunity to try and experience some of the joy that they did while they were away. I think it's really important when you're buying cookbooks to try and find books that were written by people who are actually from the countries that your friends visited. Instead of finding books written by someone who is American or Canadian, who may have never visited those countries, but knows about their influences and flavors and things like that, chances are it's going to be a little less authentic than the actual cookbooks from those countries. I don't know how many times I have tried horrible Pad Thai at restaurants. I'm actually kind of afraid to order Pad Thai at restaurants now because it never lives up to the Pad Thai that I had in Thailand. And that's because they read the ingredients and then change it and assume that's what Pad Thai is supposed to be. And oh, I probably sound super snobby right now, but I am a fan of a good traditional Pad Thai. Anyways, that's it. That is my gift guide for 2020. Those are the 15 travel gifts that I recommend for the traveler in your life. Obviously, I didn't really go over price ranges for a lot of these options, but they are kind of all over the map. So whether you want to spend $5 or $500 on your traveling friend, there is something on this list for you that they will love and enjoy. And I really want to point out that... The most important thing to remember here is not the the gift itself that you're giving, but the act of giving a gift that is related to something that they love or are passionate about. Just the mere idea that you are recognizing that this traveler loves travel through your gift is a gift in itself. So don't worry about breaking the bank trying to find the perfect travel gift for them. Just knowing that you support their passion is going to be such a gift. Anyways, I hope that that helps you. I hope that it makes gift buying this season so much easier for you. And let me know if you have any questions. Thanks again for joining me today. If you have anything that you want to add to this list or you have recommendations from travelers that you want to share with me, please hit me up on Facebook or Instagram at Kayla on the Road. And if you're interested in watching the video version of this podcast, find me on YouTube. That's it for today. Happy gift buying. And I cannot wait to see you or your loved one on the road soon.